Um, if you do not like rejection, do not go into a sales career. Rejection is the norm. If you are truly like fresh out of college, don't have a lot of experience, it might be beneficial to you to take a couple of projects unpaid so that you can build your portfolio. Hey, I have some sales. My dad died when I was three months. All right. Welcome, 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 welcome back to this episode of the How to Get a Job podcast. Today, we'll be talking about marketing and sales and how to break into this amazing industry. And my guest today is Alexis Rivera Scott, and she is the Fairy Job Mom. Welcome. She is the founder of Fairy Job Mom. How are you, Alexis? How are you doing today? I am great. Daniel, how are you? I am doing excellent. Uh, it's been a good week, busy week. Uh, feels like it's been a seven-day week, but it's good. Can't complain at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're halfway through, so hump day. Happy hump day. Yes, yes. More than halfway to. Like, my day is kind of like, this is towards the end of my Wednesday, so I can't complain. But l love it. Love to learn a little bit more about you. How did you get into career coaching? How did you come up with, uh, the, the, you know, the, the fairy job mom? And the company that you're doing, we'd love to learn everything. Okay. How did I get started? So I, I mean, I like to think that it's a culmination of, you know, my entire career journey. It has been a wild one. Like I have not had a linear career path at all. It has been more like a roller coaster up and down and all around and in between. Um, but a couple of roles ago, I landed at a company. Well, actually, let me start before that even actually, because losing my job over COVID, you know, I was laid off amongst the millions. I was one of the casualties, um, yeah. but losing my job and having to navigate finding a new one, you know, when the market is so competitive and so crazy and no one is hiring taught me a ton about myself and about job seeking and about LinkedIn. And it also really solidified the fact for me that helping and enabling others to get hired was something that I'm very passionate about. Now, keep in mind, I was doing this very unofficially just because I really like helping people get hired. Yep. Um, but it ultimately led me to my next role, which was at a company called Aspireship. Um, at the time, they were hiring for two roles. I had become friendly with the founders over LinkedIn, actually, not thinking that they were hiring. You know, I just really liked them. I thought they were great and I loved their mission. Um, so I was thrilled when I saw that they were hiring. And they were hiring for two roles. One was a marketing role and one was a candidate role. And I thought, well, you know, marketing is not really my jam. Let me try candidate facing stuff. And so I applied and immediately the founder wrote back to me and was like, oh my gosh, we're so excited that you applied, but like, why this job? Like, this is yeah. your sales. Like what's going on? And I said, well, I just want to work with you. Like, I love helping people get hired. I want to work with you. I love your mission. And so she wrote back and said, love that. However, here's what we were thinking. Let's leverage your sales background. We need someone to bring in the partnerships. Would you be interested in that? And I was all over it. I mean, immediately, yes. That's a hard yes for me. Um, interviewed, got the job, built out that uh, employer partnerships program, which for those of you listening who are unfamiliar with what that means, basically I was creating partnerships with companies to hire people with diverse backgrounds into software sales mm. roles. So that program grew from 
I think there were like three companies when I started and it was like 155 when I left. So tremendous growth and building and learning and all of that. And what I would tell myself is if I do not do my job, there are not jobs to be had. So ultimately my role is so important in my ultimate goal, which is to help people get hired. Um, But the large component of that role was really sales. I was selling recruiting services, essentially, when you boil it down. And um, I got really tired of selling. (laughs) It's, It's a very, you know, strenuous job. And I just thought, you know, I'm really passionate about talent. Um, I don't know that I want to sell anymore. And I had to do some soul searching about what it is I wanted to do. And I landed actually, ironically slash not ironically, in marketing at a tech company, <laughs> nothing to do with sales, talent, any of that. Um, it was not the fit. It was not, not a good fit for me. Um, and I figured that out pretty early on. And I had always contemplated perhaps career coaching, but I thought, oh, the space is too crowded. I don't know. Let me tell you, when you are in a miserable job, your mind starts to really open to the possibilities of everything that you can do for yourself. (laughs) So um, I ended up launching the Fairy Job Mom in March. That company was not pleased. I got fired a week later, but ultimately that freed me to really pursue my passion, which is helping people get hired. I love it. And I want, I want us to talk a lot about like, you know, like you, you mentioned, like you didn't have a linear career path. I'm like, but I'm thinking, I'm like, does anybody have a linear career path? I think like, if you do have a linear career path, like if your career path was super straight, like, like it was everything you expected to be, I feel like you're more of the outlier than someone who didn't have a, a who had a career path that took them all over the place. I feel like that's more normal, but what have you? Found? I don't know. I don't know. Because when I look at you know, resumes, or I look at some of my peers, which I feel very honored to be their peers, because they do have that trajectory where it's like, okay, I started out maybe as an intern in marketing, and then I stepped up to a specialist, and then I stepped up to a manager, and then now I'm a director, and now I'm ahead of like, I see that path for them where it makes sense. Whereas for me, I mean, I started out in hospitality sales, And then I went into like special events and then I went back into hospitality sales and then I went into marketing for a minute. And then I went into like, uh, hospitality tech slash sales. And then, then I went into SaaS. Like, it's just very kind of convoluted, but I will say like go to market revenue driving functions are really where I have built my career. So like, that's the backbone and the foundation of it. I'm really lucky in the sense of my job at Aspireship. I got to leverage that background and that backbone because the roles that these people were looking to move into were sales roles. And so I could speak from experience as both a hiring manager and an employee, you know, as here's both sides of the coin. How can we prepare you and get you where you need to go to get that role? Interesting. What would you say is something like if someone is looking to start a career, either in marketing or in sales, like let's start with marketing, like, or first of all, let's talk about the difference between a career in marketing and a career in sales. And then we can kind of break up or like, what are some of the skills needed in each one? Like, you know, what is the difference? You know, a lot of people say like, Hey, like sales falls on their marketing. A lot of times like it sales is like market, like sales is part of marketing. So it depends on the company that you're in. And I think mm-hmm. that this is a really important distinction in tech in general, they tend to be very separate, actually. And this is what I learned from my last role, because I hadn't experienced that true separation. Um, So let's talk about sales first. 
a sales career, you need to be bold. You need to be brave. You need to have impeccable communication skills, both verbal and written. You are constantly talking to people. And if you're a good salesperson, you're a great listener because mm -hmm. you should be asking really great questions to solve people's problems, speak to their pain points, overcome objections and all of that. Um, if you do not like rejection, do not go into a sales career. Rejection is the norm. It, it really is. And so you have to have that thick skin and understand it's not you. And mm -hmm. I would say 95% of the time, it's actually them. You know, something is going on with them where they're not ready to buy They're You know, this is not the right fit for their solution. Like it's not you as a salesperson. It is either your product or what their needs are. So that's kind of sales. Um, the other thing is that in sales, your stakeholder is really your customer. It's who you're selling to. And then, you know, you report to a manager or director or whatever it is. In marketing, it is very different. So in marketing, your stakeholders are internal stakeholders. You are trying to please sales. You're trying to please leadership. You're trying to please customer success. You know, you're, you're pulling from all of these different teams to serve them, number one. And number two, get information from them so that you can actually do your job as a marketer better. Because in marketing, more often than not, you're actually not the front lines with the customers. You're not having those direct discussions and experiences to then leverage to create great marketing content with that language. Now, really great marketers make it a point to be interactive with their customers and to listen and reach out. But the norm generally is actually not that. Yeah. Um, when I was in marketing, one of the biggest challenges that I faced and I noticed was so different in sales was you're dependent on a lot of other teams slash people to deliver the results that you're tasked with. So for example, if I need to know something about my customers and what they're saying, I need to ask sales or I need to ask customer success. Whereas in sales, if I need to know something about my customer, I just call my customer and I talk to them and that's fine. And then I'm done. Also in sales, you own your number. You are responsible for your number you own it, you deliver on it. And in general, most companies, they kind of don't care how you got there as long as you got there. Yeah. Yep. Marketing, there is a lot more analytics around what it is you're doing, the impact that it's having. And it goes, it exceeds simply the revenue number. Like yep. sales is show me the money. Marketing is like, show me the data, all yep. about the data, what's working, what's not working, A, B testing. So it's just a very different kind of thought process. Now, the best companies have a very integrated sales and marketing process where both leaders are super aligned. They have the same vision and they work well together. I have worked at a company like that. And I've also worked at a company not like that. <laughs> and it's a very different experience. Someone was like, I forgot who I was talking to and they quoted like, he's like, you know, marketing is selling to the masses. Sales is selling individually. And like a marketers um, essentially is doing more of the demand generation, like, you know, bringing awareness to what they're doing and it generates the leads. And then the sales team usually uh, hopefully is then trying to convert them into the paying clients. Now, a lot of times there's other types of sales where you're cold calling or you're essentially you're, you're hunting your own leads. Um, and that's it obviously depends on the industry and depends on the company itself. But um, I do think it, it, it's definitely different skill sets. And as 
I think also like I went to school for marketing and then I did a specialization in, in professional sales. This is back in 2012 when um, like online marketing was just essentially getting started. It had already kind of started, but it was just picking up some steam. And one of the things I've, I've, I've seen this transition more and more is how much marketing is becoming more of an, an analytical major where sales is still very people driven, people oriented uh, side of it because it's still really hard to to automate the close, especially if you're talking about a high ticket volume or even more B2B side of it, uh, because even Google has salespeople. Um, now, they might not have salespeople when, when we're buying products that are $9.99, right? But if it's if, if it's a company that's looking to to have a cloud service, yes, I, you better believe no one's going on the Google website and, and spending uh, hundreds of millions of dollars uh, just because the website has a good landing page and the marketer made it. But like I would say, like I think I've seen um, a trend more into marketing becoming more analytical, more quant, more numbers based. And I even see like uh, a lot of majors, a lot of universities changing their marketing degree to be considered a STEM major because of the amount of, of analytics that's involved into it. Um, while sales is actually what's interesting is like there is not a lot of universities. It's like 60% of people that graduate college, their first job is actually a sales job. Um, it might not mean it in the title because... It could be some sort of like customer success or client success or or consultant, uh, but those are all still sales jobs. Anytime that you are a very client facing and you're either maintaining their relationship, upselling, cross selling, or just straight selling a new product, that's all related to sales. And 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 so whether you believe most Western odds are you probably have done a sales job in your life or will do a sales job in your life. Yeah. I think, you know, regarding analytics, what's really interesting is in my last role, I had the pleasure of working with a director who, you know, she had built her entire career around marketing. So she's been doing it for a while. She's extremely mm -hmm. experienced. She's worked at big companies, small companies and everything in between. Um, and she had a great point. She said, you know, as marketers, we have intuition, right? Like what we think will work and this and that. She goes, but that is worth nothing until we can show numbers. So anytime someone had an idea, her response was, great, let's test it. Like, okay, you think that this should be moved here? Awesome. Let's give it a whirl. Let's, let's see what our customers think. It's not about what we think. It's about what our customers think. And the way to find out is through data and collecting that yep. data and analyzing that data. Um, so you're absolutely right. It is way more analytical, and particularly in tech, obviously. Yep. Every, the word optimize, right? Everybody wants to optimize everything. Um, so yeah, definitely analytical and sales. Um, you know, there is a skill and a science to sales. I think yeah. that most people don't dig into that until they're really sure. Like I love sales. Yeah. I want to be in sales. And then they, then they hone their craft. But up until that point, it's like Gurria, like everybody just kind of doing whatever they can to close the deal and make money and money talks. Yep. What's interesting is like, you know, I actually think, uh, those two careers are sometimes overlooked. Like I remember my mom, like not actually not in my mom, but like I remember having conversations with other, uh, you know, adults that were within like my, my fears of influence. And they're like, but don't do business. It's such a bad, like it's such a general degree. Like you sh if you're going to do business, do finance and accounting and, and because they want it to be more technical because there's more security or more things like that. Uh, I ended up doing like marketing and then specializing in professional sales, which is interesting because now, there's more science in the marketing, but I even say like sales, like 
the such an amazing career that you can have at sales and and people just have such a negative idea of what sales is or a career in sales is like i think they think of like sales as the used car salesman they're trying to send, sell them a lemon or a broken car that like a car that's going to break as soon as they get home but like the reality is like there's such an amazing both an impact a lucrative a career that you can have in like medical sales or even tech sales or you know someone selling like Boeing airplanes to American airlines. Like that's a career. And that person makes a lot of money. Yeah. Well, what's so funny is that you mentioned a used car salesman. So, um, one of my, the, a part of my role when I was at Aspireship, besides from building those partnerships was I actually trained sales development reps mm -hmm. in sales. So I was coaching teams and, and training them and I used that analogy and it was five people, young people. And they just looked at me and I'm like, don't, okay, what's wrong? And they're like, I've actually never met a car salesman. I've never been to a car lot. And I'm like, none of you, none of you have ever bought a car at a car lot. And they're like, no. So I think that that analogy is it's losing steam with the, yeah. you know, the times, but a hundred percent, you know, that slimy say whatever it takes to get the sale done attitude is what people kind of assume when they hear sales, but the best salespeople actually, like I said at the beginning are really great listeners. They're problem solvers. They're strategic. Um, they're amazing communicators. Like there's so many skills that I think are on the back burner, but really are prevalent in sales. And then of course the upside really can't be beat. I mean, if you are able to get in with the right company, you know, you're making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year and you're couple years out of college, like that's pretty dang incredible. I don't know a lot of opportunities that exist like that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's probably one of the most lucrative careers for sure. Like I know medical sales, you can easily first year out of college, get to a hundred thousand dollars with your bonus or commission structure. Um, I, and you can see that also in tech sales, you can see that like pharmaceutical tech sales, manufacturing sales, like um, and even like consulting, like even if you think about like, okay, well, no, I, I want to be an accountant. I want to be a CPA. I want to work for a big four. Sure. You're not going to become a partner if you're not bringing in revenue. Or if you go into a law firm, you're not going to become a partner if you don't, you're not bringing in revenue. Or if you go into consulting like BCG or McKenzie, you're not going to become a partner if you're not selling and generating revenue. So I think it's something that's really interesting. I think a lot of people, if you're competitive, if you're not afraid of rejection, if you have the work ethic and the drive. Um, I do think sales is probably one of the best careers to go into uh, because you can do a little bit like, well, Daniel, like I love technology or Daniel, like, but I'm, I, I love being very hands-on. There are companies that will like that. You have to be hands-on that you have to go to a factory, help them and, and, like bring in the equipment and you have to help them teach them how to use it. Right. Or even medical sales. Like if I have my friend, he has a, a career coaching program called the medical, uh, like it, it helps people get into medical sales called Volve Your Success. And he wanted to be a doctor. And when he didn't get into med, the med school that he wanted to, he still had a, bio, a biology degree. And then he used that to get into medical sales. And now he makes just as much as a doctor, if not more. It's also impacting people. And now it's helping people break into medical sales. So I think it's super interesting. And, and you know what's interesting? Uh, let me ask you a question. What do you think are the two backgrounds that make really good people to break into medical sales? Like what other industry or professions do you think have massive amount of transferable skills that can make really good, not only salespeople, but medical salespeople? For medical, I would guess potentially engineering. 
Okay. And uh, probably like, like you said, biology or, you know, some sort of an understanding of medicine itself. Like when you can understand the product that you sell, mm -hmm. you are able to speak to that so much more eloquently when you are selling. So like for me, being the, I know for a fact that the reason that those that Aspireship hired me to sell recruit sales recruiting was because I had been a sales leader myself. Yeah. I felt the pain points. So I understood how to communicate to my clients the value that I was bringing them in the quote unquote product slash service. Right. Mm -hmm. And so any I don't care what kind of sales you're in, if you have been on the other end of it, you're already ahead of the game. Yep. So. It's interesting. I think I think you're right. There's a lot of transferable skills, but he said so. To be a successful medical sales representative, whether it's on the pharmaceutical side or on the medical device side, you need one. You need to be a good teacher, and two, you need to know the science. And as long as you have one of those two things, they can teach you the other. But it's really hard to teach you both. But if you have to, so teachers actually are one of the best clients for him because if they can explain a very complex problem and simplify it and teach it to a fourth grader, right? Like there's, then they make good salespeople because good salespeople are not trying to sell you something you don't need. They're problem solvers, right? So a teacher knows how to teach, just needs to learn the science, the biology, like the science behind the technology, right? The second really good profession is nurses because they know the science and they just teach them how to be teachers. <laughs> And nurses have patients, they're listeners, like all of those skills. And I think that also, like, I, I also see a lot of teachers being really good marketers or being good salespeople and those transferable skills uh, that come with it. Uh, but let's transition. Okay, like, hey, Daniel, Alexis, I get it. Marketing and sales is awesome. How do I break into those industries now? Yeah, so... I mean, I hate, to, I hate to be Debbie Downer. I think that right now is a really hard time. So just buckle up because this is not what the way that it was two years ago. I mean, two years ago, it was like literally whatever you want to do, go for it because someone's about to give you a chance because they need people right yeah. now. We are not in that type of a market and that's just the reality. So a couple of ways to set yourself apart from the rest. Um, the first is networking, always be networking, always be talking to people, always be having conversations. Um, even better, if you know what you want to do and can start selecting companies that you think you might like to work for, those are your target people to start networking with, have conversations with, become a familiar face. So that's one thing. For marketing in particular, in this current market, what I recommend for people is if you are truly like fresh out of college, don't have a lot of experience, it might be beneficial to you to take a couple of projects unpaid so that you can build your portfolio because you need something on your resume. You need to show results. And so if the only way to get those is to do it for free, do it for free. It will pay off in the long run. Um, and you're winning, you're learning, which is so important. Um, I would say those are probably like, that's kind of my advice in general. And then of course, like there's resume stuff. Like there's, there's a lot of things that you can do. Um, but right now, like persistence is just the name of the game. You just got to keep trying, keep going, keep making connections, keep applying, all of that. You know, I would say like 
salespeople, it's the most needed position when a company is doing bad. Like, like, and so like, especially if you are willing to do it like commission only, right? Like, and it, like that's how you do work, work for free in sales. Like you just do commission only, like renegotiate the, the compensation structure. And I think smaller companies and startups are more likely to do this than it is a big company where there's more red tape to be able to do this. But I think, uh, your ability to do, uh, to go and say, Hey, you know what? Let me job shadow some of your best, best sales reps and let me just go out and try to get my own clients and, and just do commission only, right? And then in terms of marketing, I think you're right. I think doing your own pro like doing projects, doing work for free, or even learning and implementing, you know, like there's so much um the, the beautiful thing about it is like, hey, like you want to go into like say marketing or or on paid ads, right? Well, learn to do paid ads yourself. There's tons of free certifications by like Meta or even Google and start playing with it. And there's other ways like where people will do affiliates where if you sell their products, they'll pay you a commission. So it's like, you can actually create a side gig in a sense, but still learn marketing. And that becomes on your resume and that's a way to get in. Um, and then sales, like there's plenty of, of sales opportunities that are not ideal. Like they're not the best to start with, but there's plenty, there's companies out there that are always looking for salespeople because they understand the way their sales processes They'll hire 10 salespeople and they know that eight of them will quit and then two of them will be there long-term. Sure, they, they might have high turnover, but it's a great way to learn. Like I would tell you, for example, uh, like Enterprise. I actually did an internship at Enterprise and I know that is a, a rent, car rental place, but it's actually a sales organization uh, because they have really good metrics on like, are you upselling them to a bigger car? Are you upselling them insurance? Are you upselling them the gas? And they're always hiring um, across the board and it's a great sales one. Or also like, um, I know that Northwestern Mutual also hires tons of sales reps, uh, but there's out there. And, and, and what I'm saying is that there is opportunities out there um, and network, network, like network, because I think uh, that's also a way to get your foot in the door or go sell for a local business. Like, um, you know, think about like who cuts the grass in your neighborhood? Like why didn't they probably need new business? They probably don't have time to go get new business. They probably don't know how to get new business. Why don't you go and knock on doors and get them new business? And you take a commission. So I think it's just about, especially when it comes to sales, like I, I could tell you from my personal experience, it's like there's plenty of sales job opportunities out there that you can gain experience and it, it, versus other industries or other companies or other types of jobs that that might be very harder. Like if you are like, um, like a rocket scientist and you want to go be like a, a, a mechanical engineer, that might be a little bit harder to go get some of that like experience, but sales, sales, everything revolves around sales. Every restaurant, every business needs some, some sort of sales help. And you can, if you're willing to do it for free, you can definitely gain that experience fast. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I just want to add, like, you don't have to do it for free. Like right, that's know. the other piece of this puzzle. Like, the, the amazing thing about sales is like you said, Daniel, like every business that I can think of has some sort of a sales component. Now, whether or not they're hiring, we don't know. So look for the ones that are open-minded and, and you can get started. Um, don't let people take advantage of you though. That is the one thing I want to say, like, be really careful. You know, if you are doing something commission only, make sure you understand how that commission is calculated. Make sure you understand how often and when you're going to get paid and how much it's mm -hmm. going to be in the percentage and how they calculate it. Like get all of that in writing, like in writing signed by both parties. Yep. Um, because unfortunately I have heard sad stories of people who have been screwed out of money that they have earned and deserve. Um, so just, you know, proceed with caution, just like you would anything else in life. Be careful, be smart, 
your best, all that fun stuff. Absolutely. Alexis, if people listen to this podcast, want to learn more about you and your services, what is the best way to do that? Yeah. So really quick before I go. Um, so as you mentioned at the beginning, I started a company called The Fairy Job Mom. I help people land their next best career move. Um, the majority of my clients are in sales and marketing. Um, but really, I teach you how to position yourself in the market to land your next role um, through LinkedIn profile reviews, resume reviews, networking, um, you know, a, a myriad of ways. Um, I have a program called Eternally Employable. That's a six-week program. You can find that on my website, which is thefairyjobmom.com. And I also work with people on an hourly basis. If you just need me to look at your resume and tell you how to fix it or look at your LinkedIn and tell you how to fix it, um, I am more than happy to do that. Uh, and that link is actually on my LinkedIn profile. So my name on there, Alexis Rivera Scott. Um, but that's where you can find me. Perfect. So I will post those links from your LinkedIn to your website, all in the show notes. So if you want to connect with Alexis and want to learn more about working with her, definitely click the links below. Uh, Alexis, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been an amazing episode. And for all of you listening, thank you so much and catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you.